episode 17. Welcome. Because I have to podcast when living your dream is the only option. I'm Julie Slater. I'm Jason Friday. Our guest this week, Christoph Zajac Denick. He was born with a rare form of dwarfism. He succeeded against all odds. He went to MSU, rocked in some bands, acted in TV and film, and has a podcast. It's called I'm Kinda a Big Deal, Little People, Huge Stories. He started the podcast to share his stories. But when I shared my show with some of my friends, I saw that they experienced the same thing that I did, and their stories are so unique and crazy and amazing and full of success and struggle and everything. And I said, this is what I need to do. I need to showcase other people. Let's hear more about it. All right, here we go. Oh, wait, we have a guest. So, hi. Our guest on the yeah, program, Christoph. You two sound great, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Christoph Zajac Denick. You and got if it. you could Boom. see how it's spelled, you'd be like, wow, Julie, you're amazing with pronunciations. You should be a pronouncer. You should totally be a pronouncer. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You would get paid Pronouncers a lot of money cool. to be a pronouncer. I know, right? I would vote for you for first pronouncer. <laughs> uh, he, by the way, we have something in common. You are from Detroit, Michigan, which is awesome. The D. Uh, and also, he was born with cartilage hair hippoplasia, which we'll find out more about, and went to MSU, was also working as a TV producer for local community stations, rocked in some bands, and then came to Hollywood. So welcome to the program. Hollywood. And welcome to Hollywood. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How long have you been yeah. out here? I've been out here 11 years on and off. You know, I've kind of moved back and forth a couple of times because life is life. And yeah, you said you're staying in a cabin. Are you by any chance wanted by anybody that you're in a hideout? Yeah. Could you just like fill us in before we yeah. continue doing this? Do we have to worry yeah, about well, you? If I give you all the de- <laughs> if I give you all of the details, you know how the rest of that saying goes. <laughs> Gotta kill you. Um, Stop right there. We're having a good time. (laughs) No, uh, you know, 2020 pandemic time is a crazy time. And so I've moved around a bunch and uh, I was in Seattle for a little bit. And now I'm actually pretty close to you guys. I'm in I'm I'm about an hour and a half north of L.A. uh, living in a town called Pine Mountain Club. And I uh, I'm at sixty five hundred feet elevation in the mountains in the forest at the top nice. of the community, like almost uh, at the top of a mountain. So I got two feet of snow last week. It's pretty incredible. Wow. Sweet. Where is the entrance to that mountain range area? Uh, meaning like what part of the foothills is the entrance into where you are? Um, uh, uh, it's, he doesn't uh, know you where drive he is. up the five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. You take the 101 to the 10, to the I know how to get to the grocery store and I know how to get back, my man. Like, that's pretty much all I know. No, uh, you go up the five to like okay. Fraser Park area and then you, oh, sure. And you go left for 20 miles and that's where I okay. am. Okay. Yeah. No, no, cool. I, I know exactly where that's you cool. are now. Okay, cool. It's beautiful yeah. here. It's awesome. I love it. Totally. I, yeah, a very peaceful. Totally different mountain range, too. I was thinking, like, oh, are you in, like, the Angeles Crest, you know, off the 210 and all of that stuff? Mm. No, you're in the completely opposite direction, which is super rad. Straight that's north. Cool. That's way more unique. Yeah, literally. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So what was funny Sweet. is, so we got connected originally through our friend Christina, our mutual, Jason and my mutual friend Christina, who's a, who's a mad surfer chick. 
That's right. Lopez is what I call and, it. Um, <laughs> and that's another podcast. Uh, Christina was like, oh, my God, you guys should hook up. And it was so funny because you host a podcast called I'm Kind of a Big Deal. I'm Kind of a Big and Deal, And it was yes. funny because when Jason and I met, the night we met, I was showing him pictures. It was a chair that had a pillow on it that said I'm Kind of a Big Deal. So I was kind of connected yeah. to Serendipity. that. So Serendipity. We're both kind yeah, of a big deal, totally. Jason. It Absolutely. was meant to be. I hope you bought that chair and that <laughs> pillow i didn't because i just knew i was we a big deal and it was uh, unnecessary but um let's get back to you guest <laughs> yeah enough about us let's talk about you do you want to explain uh you said you were born with cartilage hair hippoplasia explain a little bit yep, about that absolutely yeah so i was born with a dwarfism my first day of life the doctor came in and talked to my mom and said hey you have a son and he's never going to run he's never going to ride a bicycle he's never going to be physically active like other people are in his life and uh that's all we know so see you later and my mom was like <laughs> god Thanks, good doc. day yeah um you know my mom inside was devastated and uh you know they, they knew right away that i had a dwarfism um they didn't know exactly what type dwarfism diagnosis can kind of be elusive sometimes and so mm. it took a year or so to get me nailed down to what exactly my diagnosis was and they decided it was cartilage hair hypoplasia and my parents went into productive mode and time to find a doctor and we know he's probably going to have uh, different types of needs for care and what does this all mean and stuff like that so they found a doctor for me in baltimore maryland who's a specialist with dwarfism and i started seeing this doctor at age two long story short i've had two reconstructive leg surgeries one at six and one at 16 and then i had a spinal fusion at 17 so i have two rods in my spine attached with hooks to my vertebrae and it goes from t1 to l4 so almost my entire back is wow. a solid piece but yeah cartilage hair hypoplasia is kind of different i'm four foot four inches tall and baked into the the name is uh you know symptoms or characteristics of the dwarfism so my hair is very fine if people could see me i have no hair on my head although he does I have, have a have tremendous a beard, beard. My, i was gonna say yeah you could sport that beard like all day long fan. man yeah i haven't shaved yeah. since i got back to or since i left seattle and i figured since i'm in a cabin Putting on making fires to stay warm and wearing flannel yeah, you do look every single very day. Very lumberjackish. <laughs> yeah, I hope I'm you have an axe. Lumberjackish. Yeah, I, you do. Daniel Boone. Oh my gosh! I can't find <laughs> it at the cabin. I I want. I need an <laughs> yes. axe actually because I got some wood and I need to chop it. <laughs> So, I mean, it sounds to Um, me like you were a miracle. I mean, they're telling you that you wouldn't be able to, like, do all these things. So, I mean, how did that work out? That's incredible. You know, it it worked out great because I'm this different entity that my perspective on life is totally different than I think it would have been had I just grown up like a regular person. You know, at two, three, four, five, I liken my doctor's visits to business appointments for my health. You know, I go to the see the doctor and wait in the waiting room and go downstairs and go to the x-ray radiology and have 12 images made of my legs. And then I come back up and we wait for five 
five more hours and get in and see the specialist and there's two or three doctors, you know, scratching their chins, looking at my bones on the light board and, you know, they're deciding, oh yeah, we'll need to have surgery at this point. And so I'm not out riding. I was riding a bicycle when I was back home. And this was also, this doctor we found was in Baltimore, Maryland. So anytime we had an appointment, I was in the car with my parents for 12 hours from Detroit, Michigan to Baltimore, Maryland. Thankfully, we found this doctor because he literally saved my life. I would have been in pain or relatively crippled because if I didn't have the operations that I had. And this guy was a genius. You know, he he was somewhat unorthodox. He would perform surgeries like no one else would perform surgeries. And I benefited from that in a, in a huge way. And I think all of his patients did. Uh, I talked to some folks on my show who have seen the same doctor and... Uh, you can't sing enough praise for this man. You know, he just helped so many people and he's gone. He's been gone for um, almost 20 years, I think. And it's so sad because, you know, he really was just this person who helped people in, in such an immense way. What do you think about when you were growing wow. up? What was your influence like with your mom or parents if you had both of them around? Like, because I, I would think it has to do a lot about your own attitude, even at a young age. Like to, to yeah, have both overcome of my parents, all this stuff that might not, you know, you might not be able to walk and all that. Right. Absolutely. So both of my parents were very forward thinking, you know, proactive people. And they 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 did not treat me like I was disabled or crippled or, you know, I, I was playing around and playing basketball and doing everything kids would do. I just at a certain age, I wasn't growing as much as the other kids around me, but I was never made by my parents. I was never coddled. I was never, you know, protected in uh, more so than I necessarily needed to be. You know, when I got into high school, I wanted to go to parties and they wouldn't let me go to parties, but you know, dang, like that was, that was, that was like the hardest part is I really wanted to go and hang out with girls and guys at parties. uh, And uh, yeah, that wasn't something I was allowed to do, but um, right. Everything else, you know, riding my bike on trails and going everywhere and um, riding snowmobiles in the Michigan winter and just everything. I I just did it. And there weren't really rules and there weren't boundaries. And I, I, yeah, everything was kind of, you know, shown to me. And both my mom and my dad traveled me a ton. I was on flights with my mom to islands in the Caribbean and stuff like that. My dad took me on road trips all over the U.S. and Canada. So I really got to see a lot and people got to see me too, which was kind of an interesting thing because not so many people know about dwarfism or have seen many people who are little. And so that was another experience. And and I think there was a point where I think my mom and dad taught me to kind of educate the kids around me because they would ask, you know, why are you different? Why are you so short? What's wrong with you? Which are those questions are totally legit. Why not be curious about things in the world? All of us are different in different ways. My difference is very visible and you want to find out about it and you want to ask about it. And so, yeah, I was always encouraged in really good ways by my family. That's awesome, man. Your pe- kudos to your parents. That's like so cool. I-, I love that they treated you just like they should have, of course, like everybody else. And that was the best thing they ever did. I swear. I, I don't even know them. Just hearing <laughs> you, though, I'm like, wow, I-, I love them. Like, high five, parents. Yeah, wow. They're pretty amazing people. And I'm, yeah. I'm very grateful that they, they did what they they did, how they did it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to ask, because I think a lot of people um, haven't been around. Um, I want to ask, what are the proper terms, you know, so that people have the right language is like, can is little person. Okay. Like, what is the 
the right mm-hmm. kind of terminology. Yep. First, uh, and so if I'm offending I, I started, you in any uh, way, just say you're an ass. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not at all. Seriously. <laughs> no, it, you're not at all. Like I think this is a great question, and I always, I always love getting this question. I get this question a lot. I think, and and I've changed my answer to this through learning from the people that I interview because you know it's I used to say oh yeah if somebody just approaches you in a in a way that is malicious then that is bad but honestly the first thing I say is pretty obvious but it still needs to be said like the the most proper term is someone's name you know just saying and that goes for everybody you know what I mean like it's sure. it's just like common courtesy but distinguishing you know terms for people who are short you can say dwarf little person person with dwarfism or short statured midget is the term that is offensive to a lot of people and I mean I use it on my show to give examples and to talk about things but it's it's not a way that I would refer to someone if I wanted to respect them or you know be sensitive to their situation yeah and you had said in your bio that you really hadn't been around other kids with dwarfism until you said one person one other person by the age of 30 like that's kind of crazy and how did that make you feel growing up that is wild to not yeah see other people just like you yeah there wasn't another little person in my high school my parents sort of encouraged me my my parents are very we'll say strong-willed people and I inherited that as well you know if I didn't want to do something I made it known that I did not want to do something and going to LPA which is Little People of America they have regional and national conventions where little people can uh, support their themselves and, and be in a community and hang out and get to know one another I didn't want to do that there was a lot of denial of my own being you know and my own self and man it's something that takes a lot of time to work out because denial of yourself and who you are you know whether you're ableist or you're just not looking at yourself in the right light it's uh it kind of sticks with you you know the longer you deny figuring that out and accepting what and who you actually are and and saying like okay yeah i love you you know i love i love myself and there's nobody else that can that can do anything it's it's That's tough a huge and so thing i lived every in that... single person who's listening <clears throat> Absolutely. working on really yourself is. Absolutely. is not easy you have to face a lot of internal yeah. internal crap it's a process yeah. and what made you actually it's, it's a process do that uh i i was forced into it I, I forced myself into surroundings that i i couldn't deny that i was around little people i mean i toured in a rock band for six years i was only around average height folks you know my band members were all average height all the bands we played with were average height all the promote everyone was average height there was one little person in lansing michigan who found out that there was a little person playing in a rock band and she came out to see the show whenever we were in lansing and we became friends and started to hang out and stuff i I was not comfortable you know I was like comfortable on the surface not deep down and I kept little people at an arm's length and especially in Michigan you know you have to also understand that we get stares we get comments we get called disparaging words we get people asking us improper questions and there's a lot of discomfort in all of that and to deal with yourself and then also process all of that that gets thrown at you it's just a lot you know it's it's an emotional thing to actually dig deep and, and think about it. It didn't really change for me until I moved to Hollywood and I started to work on shows and productions where there were other little people. And 
finally like there were some chips in the armor and i i finally decided okay i'm enjoying being around some of these people like not enough to have like a real friendship but to be around them at certain events or on jobs and stuff like that and it just slowly happened and then i i worked on a movie in detroit called oz the great and powerful and there were 50 little people on this show for three months And we were all together every single day. I made some of the best friends ever. Some of the people that everyone needs to meet, like their spirit is so huge and their personalities are so big and their struggles are big too. You know, I mean, some, there there was one woman on the show who was just so tiny. I think she was like 45 pounds and just this compact human. She was 30. Yeah. And just this, wow. this tiny person, but she was hilarious and her personality was so bright and so awesome. I think that's the thing, you know, like I sheltered myself from exposing myself to these unique people. And that's what other people in society do. You know, you're in your bubble. You don't need to see what little people are doing. You don't need to be around them. And therefore there's this rubber buffer that just like gets thicker and thicker and you, and you don't need to breach it. But when you do, you will find really beautiful personalities on the other side and pr- probably a friend or two, you know, that will change your life. And I think that that's, that's what's important. And that's, and that's why I kind of like say that about, you know, call a little person by their name, which forces you to introduce yourself and get to know them. (laughs) So that's, that's kind of like why, you know, you, you ask that question, but to become personal with somebody, that's how you get to know them and understand. No one will ever understand somebody else's experience, but if you can get to know the person, you know, that story will kind of like show you the way. Sure. And what are some of the um, the stuff you've worked on in Hollywood? In Hollywood. Oh, in Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah, I moved to Hollywood to play music. And the first thing that I did, well, the first like big thing that I did, I had just started to work on some productions, but I got called to play drums on the Ellen DeGeneres show with a nine-year-old prodigy guitarist. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. And it was it was amazing. Yeah, yeah awesome. three months after being in LA, I found this gig on Craigslist. It just said, I need a backing band for my artist. He's like, hey, you're the only person who wasn't a jerk on Craigslist. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like I said, the, the guitarist was Japanese. My best friend at the time was, uh, a, he's a bass player, incredible bass player who happened to be Japanese as well. He's like, I can speak Japanese to the kid. I'm like, all right, cool. He hired us. We played the Ellen DeGeneres show and the Will Turn. We opened up for Lebowski Festival. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my God. That's Um, funny. (laughs) And then three weeks after that, I went to um, New Mexico. Universal Pictures called me and they said, hey, we want to hire a little person to be the stand in for a CGI alien character in New Mexico in Santa Fe for three months. I went to Santa Fe for three months. And again, another incredible gig that I had. And what movie was that? Other shows that I've that was called Paul. I think we've seen part of Paul yeah. on TV. We did see Paul. Uh, oh, my God. There's so many great scenes in that movie. It's <laughs> <There> hilarious. <laughs> that, that movie is so sentimental for me because I can still remember what I ate on certain days <laughs> of that were shot. Like, it, it's, it just opened my eyes and it got me some money. I could stay in L.A. Like, when I took that job, I had $7 in my bank account and I was freaking out and it saved my life in, in L.A. That is awesome. The, the biggest show I've worked on has been Twin Peaks. I play a brutal oh, murderer yeah. on Twin Peaks and done a lot of things on Jimmy Kimmel. 
live and fresh off the boat as well and a couple other things and you mentioned um bands cool. that you were in you sent me a couple tracks we could play like a little snippet of this one do you, what band are these both from the same band or different bands they're both from bermuda mohawk let's give a little listen to some of the standing in line standing in Oh man, Nick and Chris, what's up guys? Um, <laughs> I had so much fun in this band. Nick is the, the main songwriter and I, it's all the songs just sound good. It's a probably the only band that I can go back and just like listen to the music. Like I can put that music on and just enjoy it, which is not an easy thing for a musician who doesn't play in bands like from the past like or has played in bands and doesn't want to listen to the music <laughs> from the previous bands i still love yeah. this band and i've i've kind of been in the band twice because i've moved back to detroit a couple times and so whenever i've been back in town they're like hey let's let's do some stuff let's record or let's write or let's play this band I, we never really toured but we played festivals in detroit we did a video project and it, it's just really cool and it everyone in the band has been in touring bands and done a lot of stuff uh, in their own musical careers. Chris actually was Ron Ashton's guitar tech uh, from Iggy Pop. Wow. And Nick has toured all over the place as well with, with his bands. And we just have fun, you know? It's a... We, we just... I don't know. We've been in it so long that it's it's just a good time. I, I love it, man. It totally was like a gin blossoms, like super just like fun listening. Like, yeah, who who doesn't like the gin blossoms? Come on. Like, it's <laughs> that just, was my favorite. It's... That was my first concert ever. Gin blossoms. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so rad. Yes, <laughs> I marched cool. at a gin blossoms yeah. show once. Did you yeah, really? And it, yeah. you know, it was a little yeah, un that's funny. unusual. So people were staring at me and my friend, but it was fun. <laughs> was it at Pie Knob with Spin Doctors? <laughs> oh, my God. That's a great lineup no i actually gosh it was with my new york friend i can't remember where the show was but yeah it wasn't okay. in detroit okay that's funny all right let's play a little clip from bittersweet yeah yeah That's awesome. I Did like you ever it, sing man. any backups? I love it. I love it too. Do What's you sing that? any backups on that or are you just playing the drums? You know, I'm a drummer. Why do you think I got to do more than just play drums? Because <laughs> I'm a singer. No, I. Sha la la la. I, la. Yeah. <laughs> I actually did play some drums on that. Or, uh, yeah, play drums. I sang live on a couple shows. You don't have me sing in a band. I'm terrible. Like, come You're on. no Phil Collins. You know. <laughs> I no, definitely not Phil Collins at all. Do you Collins like Phil Collins? Oh yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah, he's a beast. He's a beast. 
yeah, to the the depth and breadth of the catalog, like so good. Songwriting's amazing. Yeah, I'm not a singer. <laughs> You're not a Phil Collinser. No, no, no. Don't do so that. So tell tell me between uh, as far as living your passions and living your dharma, would you say what do you think you prefer more, doing acting or being in a band? If you had to do one for the rest of your life, you couldn't do the other. What would it be? Oh my god, that is so hard. Uh, oh man, I if I could choose what I wanted to act in, the thing is I also don't think I'm that great of an actor. <laughs> if I was a great actor and I was like I want to do, you know, the stories that I want to do because that's a big thing that I talk about too is like the the portrayal of little people in media is really not great. And so if I could choose what I wanted to do and I was really good at it, yeah, I I would choose acting for sure because I think there's a message that needs to be put out there and then that needs to be recognized by people or just to have it out there and have it available for people to see sure yeah yeah i agree with that so you now host a podcast called i'm kind of a big deal why don't you tell everybody about what it's about yeah so i'm kind of a big deal i started it about a year and a half ago with actually another musician friend of mine from detroit jenny had a podcast as well and said you should talk about your life you've had crazy jobs and you've had all these experiences and little person experience is unique and so i started it kind of to talk about myself and like what i've done and share these stories but when i shared my show with some of my friends i saw saw that they experienced the same thing that I did and their stories are so unique and crazy and amazing and uh, full of success and struggle and everything and I said you know this is what I need to do I need to showcase other people you know I can go on shows you know such as yours and and share my story but on my show I want to share the stories of other little people and it's been amazing I started out probably pretty timid and just kind of making it through shows but the more I, I opened up and talked to people and I, I was able to have other people open up about their own ways and strife and everything. And man, it's it's been so cool. And people have some hard lives, you know, it's stuff that is just really tough to get through. But they don't let that hold them back. They don't let that define the way that they are. If you're three feet tall, they don't let that stop them from showing themselves or having body positivity or making dance videos or making music or working as the CFO or, you know, swimming in the Paralympics, like incredible people doing stuff that on paper they shouldn't, but they're doing it. And, and I, I love That's that. inspiring. Yeah, it really is. I, f- I love it too. That's amazing. Seriously. Yeah, so great. You. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it's the part of the program where it's five o'clock, somewhere are you ready Kristoff, to play this great game i've got my Lacroix right here <laughs> <laughs> who knows what's actually in it though. <laughs> oh well, i'm ready this yeah i have heard there are possibly some <laughs> bad things in there but enjoy it question number yes, one I will we're both from michigan detroit to be exact what is the one thing you miss about it about detroit not michigan yeah i'm i miss my friends i've got some great people there and my family too you know my mom and dad that are there and, and other extended family i miss the people how often do you go back in non-covid yeah. time uh not enough it's been like once a year for christmas you know a week at christmas if i could i, I would i need to go back more often and hang out question number two what's your favorite detroit pizza buddies jets etc anything else do you know what detroit pizza is 
<laughs> I I do. I just oh um there's a place in there's a place in Eastern Market and I'm getting it mixed up with the name of a place in New York. Shoot, I I forgot the name of it. I'm gonna say Buddies. I like Buddies. <laughs> I think Buddies is For overrated. Sure. <laughs> Some of my family loves it. I don't think it's that great. I mean, I wish if I could think of this the name yeah. of this place in Eastern Market because it's so good and there's an, like an hour wait all the time. It's like New York style pizza though, so that's not Detroit yeah. style pizza. So what am I saying? Buddies. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> have you had? Do you have a favorite? Uh, oh, you're supposed to answer that one, Jason. As far as Detroit pizza goes, what is your favorite Detroit pizza? Have you tried in any? Because we have some great ones. Have you tried any? What? No, I don't like pizza in LA. Pizza in LA, it's but there's a couple. The only pizza. All right, there's a couple new ones. I found one pizza place, and it's on the way to the the cabin in the mountains. And it's uh, again, God, why my brain is my gourd has left. It's called Little Caesars. Little Caesars. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) Oh my God! Yeah, Little Caesars is delicious, though. Come on. I mean, no. five for $5. No, no, $5. no, it isn't. Anyway, we've got some recommendations for you when you're <laughs> back in L.A. We've got D-Town Pizza in Hollywood. Come on. No. What? Dude, y'all, it's no joke. In WeHo and on Apollonia's Santa Monica, it is. Pizza. That's like mid Oh, my God. But it's like Detroit-style Buddy's Pizza, but yeah. better. So is that the. It is. Are you getting the square pizza? It's square, and they they put yeah, the yeah. sauce on top after. Yeah, that's like, very Detroit. Yeah. Yep, super. That is Detroit. That is the Detroit like mission. Their motto is sauce on top. Have a good day. Bye. Um, Do they, <laughs> okay. It, also, what's your what's your favorite Fago flavor? Oh man, I don't drink soda all that much. Come on, man! Like, you are much letting all. Uh, you're letting three one three down. Rocket <laughs> Rye is the answer. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, the rock and rye. That's the first thing that popped into my head is rock and rye. The problem with me is that I don't say Detroit. I say Detroit. And that yeah. that that right there should tell you, like, oh, yeah, what are we dealing with here? Come on now. <laughs> what do I say? Do I say Detroit? Sa- Detroit? Yes, you do. I, p- I paid attention at the beginning. Oh. You say Detroit. I'm the only one that says Detroit. Detroit. I don't know. It's do so I bad. say Detroit? I'm from Detroit. Yeah. You- I mean, you. I, I feel like you might say it as, like, uh, what's your favorite Detroit, yeah, just Detroit. like as Detroit. like a fun little thing, but Detroit, I don't know. Can I just share with you? <laughs> were you born in Detroit? I was born in Gross Point. Mm. <laughs> no, it's funny. I was at a party once, and I was like, "Where were you from?" I'm like Detroit. They're like, "Where were you actually born?" Oh, a Detroit yeah. hospital. Why don't you take that? Were you born in Detroit? Point. Yeah, I was born in yeah, Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> I I was born in Gross Point. I think I was born in Bon Secours, but I lived in the city for four years. I, don't I mean, know. Gross what Point is very close. Gross Point is. I was gonna say, gro- Gross Point. We did have a friend close. though, yeah, a friend of a friend who said she was from New York or maybe even Manhattan, and she was. Oh my she god. She lived in Jersey City. Like she said, she lived in New York, I, Manhattan. That was one of the greatest moments. And she's like, of my "Oh life. yeah, I Jersey City." So I'm like, "No." She's all Jersey City, no. and we're yeah, like, "That's, that's, not, that's not New York." It's not New York not at all. Just so you know. No, no, no. Yeah. It's actually not even the same state <laughs> if you think about yeah. it. You know that's I mean? why I'm like, "Hello." Okay. Hello. Even though we've already done twelve questions, <laughs> question number three. Now you actually already answered this, and it's funny that this was a question. In what ways are you most like your parents? So instead, I'm going to say, "In what ways are you?" least like your parents oh my god that is like well number one my mom and my dad each have only had one job in their lives 
and I've had one job every week, pretty much, <laughs> when I'm working. So that's that's a good answer. We'll go with All that. Right. that. Yeah. All right. Question number four: the one thing you do to treat yourself. Mm, probably surfing, going to the beach and getting in the water. I, I went a couple of weeks ago and I just needed to kind of like the waves weren't good, but I just needed to sit there and meditate for a minute on my board. And yeah, that that helps me out a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. I've, that's a great answer. Okay, Perfect. question number five. You're handed $10 million. What do you do next? Mm, I would hire people to help me with my show because I, I want... I don't want to stop doing this show. I think this, sh I, I, I love my show and I, I, it's important to me and I want to make it as big as I possibly can. And so I think I would put it towards programs to further my show and get, get awareness out. I would also take some surf trips. <laughs> nice. I was gonna say, man, you gotta you gotta do something with tr surfing or just something. Yeah, yeah, I would <laughs> go. That's your, that's your zen place. Where do I want to surf? I think I would go to New Zealand and surf. I've never surfed New Zealand. I'd get some like warm wetsuits and I would go to New Zealand and surf. Nice. Yeah, well, thank man. you for playing. It's five o'clock somewhere. And thank you for being on the show, Christoph Zajac Denick host of the Nailed I'm Kind it. of a Big Deal podcast, also an actor, musician. What was the band again, the music we played? Uh, that was Bermuda Mohawk. We loved having Bermuda you on the Mohawk. show. You're awesome. And where can people find you on the socials? Find the podcast on Instagram and Facebook. It is at Big Deal Pod. And the new season is coming out on February 15th, so new episodes will be live. Oh, this was yeah, so fun. Man. Thank you so much for having me on. This was a pleasure. Absolutely. And I love your show as well, too. I, th I think what you guys are doing is really great, highlighting what people need to do in their lives and what they're, they're drawn and pulled to do. And, and that's always a really interesting thing to hear from, because you can imagine what people probably will say but you guys dig in and and get the reel out so i appreciate it oh cool. thanks so much yeah man that's awesome hell yeah thanks for listening to the cuz i have to podcast the best way you can help us is share the show tell people about it also subscribe like leave us a great review wherever you listen to podcasts find us on instagram at cuz i have to podcast and email us especially if you know someone living their dharma and you think they'd be a great guest on the show it's cuz i have to podcast at gmail and oh we do love those voice messages you can leave us one at anchor.fm/cuz i have to keep living those dreams friends cuz you have to till next time